0: But it's just airplanes so it's not it's, it's not really noise. this is this is the best seat in the now it's, it's a got flip a flip runway it. in the front yard <laughs> so here Jeff. we are hi I, I i don't know whether we can use the word peckerwood in our family podcast we just did i well okay i guess we did you're the one that put the word peckerwood on the list
1: yeah that's a that whole head is a quote from uh, the right stuff.
0: That's what I thought. I, I thought this was a pop culture reference. Yes. All right? And how does it apply? How does it apply now? It applies in in, in the sense of thinking
1: about discussing um, this uh, uh, this story on uh, thedrive.com dot um, headline. U S Air Force plans for its skyborg. Skyborg is in quotes. AI computer brain to be flying drones in the next two years mm-hmm. this is you know our our worst fears combined into one aerial vehicle yeah. Th- this is um, um um skynet it's um 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 everything rolled into in uh, displacement of pilots pilots being made irrelevant uh, everything rolled into one
0: yeah yeah. So, as a, if I'm reading this correctly, this is sort of an this article kind of talks about that there are a handful of projects underway that variously want to turn military devices into killer robots. Like I'm, I'm now I'm kind of yeah, messing around with it. Yeah, uh, flying robots. Flying robots. Yeah. yeah because well, we're talking about the Air Force. Yeah. But you know, you got to wonder if the Army has some sort of you know uh, crawling spider like thing. Oh, oh, I'm sure they do. You know I'm that. Sure uh, and of course, Skyborg. Is burying the lead, I guess, because that's right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it's like okay, skyboard, and well, that's not that's not something that the that the uh, reporter put in there, right? That's the, that's that's, a the,
1: that's the headline writer, and, and, and may
0: or may not. All know, right, but, but isn't it that one of the terms that I'm looking now? I'm reading the story. I read the story a while ago, but now I'm reading it. Peckerwood. wood. Yeah, right.
2: A, a term used in Southern United States for woodpecker which is also used as a derogatory form for white people, especially poor rural whites. Okay. <laughs> Originally right. an ethnic an ethnic slur, the term has been embraced by a subculture related to prison gangs and outlaw motorcycle clubs. All right, so what you're saying is maybe it isn't appropriate for our family podcast. I've ju- all I'm saying is, and I knew this, but be, pre- be prepared for the blowback.
1: But it was in a movie. Yeah, it it was, in, was in an aviation movie. It was yeah. in the no, right
2: I'm, stuff. I, I'm I'm good with it. Yeah, it was, well, I remember it in the right stuff because who said uh, it in the right stuff. I got to figure
1: it was the, the Pancho it, Barnes character.
0: It applied. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. But there um, will be a blowback. Sky, Skyborg. Um, so the <laughs> article in the lead of the article, it's it says that the uh, the it's like you said. This is from thedrive. Dot com. Um. Which I mean, that may be a questionable source to begin with. Well, Um, they're
1: quoting from a uh, from their section, uh, an Aviation
0: Week story. If assuming we believe them, but yeah, the U.S. Air Force is working on an artificial intelligence computer brain. That's in quotes, dubbed Skyborg. So they're suggesting that it's the U.S. Air Force that's calling it Skyborg. Um, But uh, it never ceases to amaze me how our culture is is actively embracing all of these developments that are leading us towards the robot apocalypse that sci-fi has been warning us about for so long you know um i mean going all the way back to uh you know uh uh, uh Roombas, right? you know it's like <laughs> all right I which mean, like,
1: by the way i have one running right uh,
0: now. you have well yeah and you have more than one don't you I You used do. to have two i don't well, know I even, have three actually you know yeah. i have to confess i've been thinking about getting one for my new apartment with my little hardwood floors I, I i'm looking around going oh i gotta vacuum that now maybe jeb's got the right idea i need a roomba um But yeah, we our culture is just embracing these robots like crazy. You know, I mean, all these little robot toys, and we've got robots that are doing this and that, and and self driving cars, and uh, you know, self crashing cars. Yeah, I know, right? You know, but but one
1: one of the things that I I find interesting and or unique and or oh my god about this is what they're really talking about is a um, kind of a mother drone. Um, Mm -hmm. that would act as the AI, the artificial intelligence, for a bunch of other drones Mm -hmm. that would be airborne at the same time. So that um, not only do you have multiple aircraft that are unmanned, uh, uncrewed, uh, but you also have um, the AI um, taking control. Mm-hmm. Of of all of these craft yeah. and and uh, whatever that mission might be, uh, whatever um, um, wherever it's the mission is conducted, um, they're putting their faith in software. And I know. All we, have to, all we have to do is ask Boeing how that's coming out.
0: I know. I mean, what could
2: possibly go wrong? Yeah. Right? yeah. Uh Well, one thing about it this this wing this wingman would not pull a Maverick and go heading off to chase some sixty. Astrophysicist, possibly uh,
1: true, possibly true, but they may, you know, decide. Well, I'm going to go chase that Airbus
0: because it looks suspicious. It looks suspicious. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I. It's uh, yeah. It's and, and uh, but by the way, you know, everyone say, oh, well, this means this is the 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 onset. We're about to, you know, oh my gosh, we're going to have um, killer robots. Um, we already have. Killer I'm going to robots. say we've
1: we kind of passed that point. Not, yeah, only, we, not, not only in the in the the, the calendar of, of the, the, the Terminator movies and projecting when when uh, Skynet would become aware, but yeah, we've passed that in real life too.
0: Yeah, I mean, just for starters, cruise missiles are are killer sure. robots. They're mm-hmm. you know, cruise missiles are. I mean, unless there's something about them I don't understand, but they're basically autonomous devices that go off to kill people. Um, right now, they're given a target, but you know, yeah. So, there's a, and, there's a human involved somehow, yeah. Well, but minimally, as, as I understand it, you know, basically they point a laser at something and then just say, Go, boy, get it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> oh,
2: and, this, this is the troubling sentence for me. Yeah. An AI system, such as Skyborg, that has the ability to grow and evolve over time, is almost a requirement for the XQ 58 Alpha and any future fighter like unmanned aerial vehicle design.
0: Grow and evolve that's, over that's, time. I know. That's huh?
2: that's just what I want. <laughs> well, Arnold uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger in a fighter airplane autonomously <laughs> growing and moving into new territory. Wait, that aircraft didn't get a Class B entry clearance. Bang. Well, that's a
1: good question. I mean, are, are these all going to be equipped with ADS-B? Oh, uh,
2: have
0: to be. Well, just so they know where they are, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's go- they're going to let us know. You where mean they it's, are.
1: It's the the drones are not going to show up on my iPad?
2: <laughs> sure, of course it they will. Won't. <laughs> it, it, it won't show up on it. Won't show,
1: show up, up on, on, your on head my iPad
0: radar. Yeah, they won't show yeah. up on
1: my iPad. They'll show up on other iPads.
0: Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyways, <laughs> there was an internet meme I saw a couple of days ago um, uh, that said. Uh, uh, it, asked, it invited people to uh, uh, name what movie w- they think would be improved with the addition of RoboCop to it. Right, and it was just—it <laughs> was really amusing. So, I mean, it was like, three Men, a Baby, and RoboCop" kind of things. You know, it was just like there were a lot of fun ones. But and the one that brought this to mind is that someone said uh, uh, the Terminator and RoboCop, and that then introduced the question of who would win a battle, Terminator or RoboCop, and. and that, of course, then led into, well, which Terminator are you talking about? Linda uh, Hamilton. Uh, well, she wasn't one of the Terminators, though. She was the... But uh, she beat it. Yes. Yes. So does that mean that she could have beaten RoboCop? Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, I think so, because cause, uh, RoboCop was less cyborg than just
0: uh, $6 million man. Uh I think Robocop was more cyborg than, than but yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, well, I was going to say the uh, the, the cyborg from
2: the uh, the movie is uh, all robot, and
0: Robocop is still partly human, right? And that's the, the you know the, that that's the that's the the the, uh, the dramatic device, sorry, the mm-hmm. idea that its humanity will somehow overcome something. When the,
2: when RoboCop first came out and a group of us crazies went to see it at the theater, it was like,
0: what do you think would happen if they slipped a little LSD into his food? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I think being turned into a cyborg is pretty much the equivalent. I've never done LSD, but, uh, yeah. I uh, It's uh – it's got to be a mind-altering experience, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's if, if that's the
1: best you could do in the way of a saguai. This is <laughs> going to be a lousy
0: episode. <laughs> Welcome folks to Uncontrolled Airspace with an emphasis on uncontrolled. <laughs> that's right. The general aviation podcast. I'm Jack Hodgson coming to you from uh, from uh, where am I coming to you from? The uh, the uh, the alongside the banks of the ever industrious Cochico River in Dover, New Hampshire. Okay. Gitchi
1: Gumi doesn't go in there anywhere. Huh? Yeah, the no, well, the, because uh, it's
0: not the Gitchigumi, It's the Kochiko Gumi. The Kochiko Gumi. No, no, it's Kochiko, Kochiko. Gumi. Okay, we're, we're coming in on a good
1: uh, episode. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Or, or what was the... Uh, what was the, uh, what so, river did uh, Billy Joe... Tallahassee Bridge the Tallahatchie Bridge Tallahatchie Bridge over what river was that that was yeah, an actual river that's an actual bridge It's an, an actual, actual
1: bridge and an actual river I'm not sure the the name of the river was even in the song
0: yeah but in, in any event I'm along the b- banks of the Cochico River which is not quite as dramatic or, or, or legendary but nevertheless um, is mine and so I'm fond of it uh and I'm here in our virtual hangar uh, talking with uh, two of my very, very good friends uh, coming to us from, uh, uh, I don't know whether you're near the Tallahatchie Bridge or not, but Wichita, Kansas uh, is, the, uh, is the air capital of the world, and that's where Dave Hignan's right now. Hi, David. What's going on with you? Well, I am within a block of three bridges over the little arkansas river that's which true. would be
2: the little arkansas river in 49 other states yeah i understand no, I, I buy arkansas but yeah okay yeah. yeah we got a bright sunny shiny day today and mm-hmm. uh, uh we've had off and on precip so the the trees are starting to bud out so it, and it's nice we're getting temps in the 60s during the day and low oh.
0: 30s at night yeah that's nice yeah, it's maple maple syrup season then right yeah
2: and, and happy spring spring started yesterday so. yesterday
0: i know when i first looked at the calendar i thought oh cool we're going to do the this episode on the first day of spring because tw- it's the 21st of march but this is one of those years when the first day of spring isn't the 21st it's the 20th so yes
2: oh, this is one of those days where daylight and dark are equal
0: That's yeah True. What, That's true. And, and actually i you know it's one of those funny things <clears throat> apparently the the uh the the threshold where we passed beyond 12 hours of light all right was on like the 18th or 19th it's one of these weird um you know having sunrise 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 sunset things um that that it it doesn't that that passing of that threshold that milestone doesn't happen on the first day of spring it can happen a day or two before for some strange reason but Whenever it happened, it's happened, and that's a good thing because I just, you know, as much as I love the fall, which is in some ways my favorite season, I'm I'm always put in a good mood this time of year. You know, it's like the winter's clearly going away. Uh, the days are getting longer. The trees are budding. Not quite as much here as David describes, but uh, – um and uh, so I like this time of year. And it's obviously nice in Wichita as well, David. So you're having fun? Have you been out on the motorcycle yet?
2: No, I've uh – uh I've been hunkered down here trying to finish uh, a big list of projects before heading south
0: to the Sunshine State. I know. It's coming soon. It's coming soon. And uh, my other good friend here in uh, our virtual hangar uh, from the, uh, the what is it, the Sunside, Sunshine State, um, Easy for you to say. Not really, um, and uh, and probably <laughs> closer to the Tallahatchie Bridge. But I'm, we're gonna have to talk about where the Tallahatchie Bridge is, actually. But uh, from somewhere near Sarasota, Florida, is Jeb Burnside. Hi, Jeb. I'm. How are you? I, I'm sorry, I, I messed you up. I'm you sorry. Yeah. How you doing, Jeb? What's I'm, going on? Uh not much.
1: Happy to talk to you today. <laughs> uh, uh, just getting a little out of sync. That's all. Uh-huh. Um, but, uh huh. But yeah, we're doing fine. Uh, clear blue skies here high is going to be 75 low humidity it's why we live in florida uh
0: yeah sounds good i'm i'm headed that way soon i i drive south next tuesday morning and uh um I'll, Anyways, be in, long
1: I'll be in California.
0: You're going to Palm Springs. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I know. Huh? For the uh, the uh, what AEA yeah. show, AEA show, yeah, AEA show, yeah. So, and, and for the for the record,
2: this Tallahatchie Bridge reference, yeah, it it has another song attached to it. You know, the Ode to Billy Joe. Yeah. Well, it's across the Tallahatchie River at Mooney, ten miles north of Greenwood, Mississippi. Okay.
0: So, well, so what what reference are you talking about, Mooney? The Tallahatchie Bridge is over the Tallahatchie River. River, okay.
2: At at, at Money, ten miles north of Greenwood, Mississippi. Where is Choctaw Ridge, though?
0: It must be there. Where's Choctaw Ridge? Uh, I didn't Google that one. Okay. Well, while you're doing okay.
2: I guess While we'll you're doing ju- that. I
1: guess we'll just have to wait till the 3rd of June, which will be another sleepy, dusty Delta day.
0: Ooh, I like it. Very good. Very good. Congratulations. Um, another pop culture reference here. Uh, yeah. So last episode, uh, we were talking about, I believe it was AOPA's aviation um, music playlist right um and and i mentioned that um that there was in fact Ah. when you stop and think about it a ucap playlist um that has to do with the fact that way back in the early days of uncontrolled airspace i used to end every episode with a little fragment of music that often in my mind anyways related to the episode um and uh, I must have had a lot of spare time this past week. Because <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and I, in my, you know, I mean, I don't know in my defense or not my defense, I, I didn't actually listen to these episodes. I just went through the show notes and I made a list of every time I mentioned in the show notes that we had a piece of music at the end and so um i i 'm not guaranteeing that this is a complete list or an accurate list or anything like that but uh um, well these and I was surprised few, at how many of, there were few yeah. of
1: these are aviation related
0: yeah no i mean they they and they and and in retrospect yeah that i wasn 't necessarily going for i mean initially, I was going for aviation i had to I wanted the music to have some, but you start to run out of songs that reference aviation after a while, and so then I started including little musical fragments that just had to do in some maybe even pun-like way with what we talked about in the episode. And so uh, it's an interesting list I'd forgotten. First of all, I'd forgotten how many. I mean, I, I, I made it all the way up to episode in the 60s and 70s before they stopped. I stopped listing anything. So I mean, I'm assuming that must have been around the time I stopped doing this. Um, but, uh, um, you know, I mean, obviously episode 60, 64, um, where the music was when I'm 64, uh was yeah. uh yeah, that's, almost two years in so yeah. uh, i did this for a longer time than i remembered um, and uh when i'm 64 by the way is an interesting so here's a bit of ucap playlist trivia yeah. um <laughs> it it may be the only song that got used twice because apparently let's see you now i used no, when i'm 64 not, back in episode 10 w- um, would it
1: shock you to know that air venture blues appears more than twi- more than once
0: no, not at all. But does it? Or I know there's two on James Winbrands. Yeah, on
1: this list it
0: does. Oh, you're right. It was Air Venture Blues. Um, yeah. Oh, so so I thought. I'm sure somewhere along the line, though, we used um, "Rock Your Wings," which is another James Winbrant yes, classic. It is. Yes, um, it is. But that oh. must have been later in after the.
2: Yeah, it, it was. That was live on the uh, announcer stand. Uh, yeah. when, uh, when uh, James debuted that. <laughs> right. And that and was although, definitely later.
0: Right. And although this list shows both episodes 62 and 63 having a song called Wine Drinking by Billy J. Tyler, I'm, I'm 99% sure that that's a typo, and that only got used once, and I just uh-huh. accidentally left it in the list. Um, eventually, I'll, I'll actually listen to these and figure out what's going and on.
1: And how in the ever-loving, mm, did we ever figure out a way to use kumbaya with Peter, Paul, and Mary, how, how, what in I, are,
0: you know do we you know,
1: do we do we need to supervise you more closely? I guess no. what I need to know.
0: I actually have a vague recollection that one of you referred to something as being a kumbaya moment. Uh huh. All right. Um, I, I just that kind of that, resonates sh- yeah, in my, that, that, my that memory. That does not shock me. As yeah. Um, in fact, it might have been you, Jeb. Um, it seems. It sounds like a Jeb-ism, ism um so uh, ism. you know S- so, I like don't know a,
1: sounds like a jebism.
0: It would be easy this, enough. This, to, this will come up at the next board. Okay. Also. It would be easy enough for one of you to actually listen to that episode, put it on in the background today, and uh, see if you can figure out what the reference was that uh, resulted in me using "Kumbaya"
1: as Cap Fifty Five.
0: Yeah. So, uh, I mean, what's in the show notes? Let's see now. Eventually, I'm going to make so uh, uh, listeners will I'll have, there'll be a link in the show notes to this list, um, so you can because uh, everyone, of course, is going to want to build a a, a, a playlist in your your music program of choice um uh, a spotify list or something wouldn't that be something of all of these songs so that you can listen to the UCap playlist um anyways there'll be a link in the show notes to this list um this this written list and eventually i'm gonna i'll activate all these these uh, uh, uh episode labels so that you can click through to the show notes um well, but glad, i'm glad you got the uh the most
2: relevant of the uh, aviation theme songs on this list. Which is
0: that? Learning to Fly, Pink Floyd. It, yep, that's in there. Where's Kumbaya? Oh, you said 60. What did you say? 55. Jed? 55. So the way you do this is, here's the trick. If you go com slash show notes slash UCAP. I'm sorry, say it again. 55?
1: 50, 050, I guess it would be 050. 0,
0: 055. Uh, that should take it. It does look at that. I love it. When a system, when a plan comes together, uh, what does the show notes say here? Um, let's see now. Oh, was this a,
1: yeah, we are starting to get people screaming at the radios.
0: So no. The, okay. The radio. It's all right. That's what fast forwards for. Was this for, uh, was this at sun and fun? or at, at Oshkosh rather. Cause Randy Dufo was with us and, uh, I don't recall yeah, Randy-, if Randy. If Randy was with us, it's probably Oshkosh. Probably was, was at, uh, at Oshkosh. But, uh, um, What's the date? Kumbaya. Uh you're right. What's the date? No, it's November. So he just just one of the few oh, times he have oh. phoned in that's One that's
2: those- that's the year Oshkosh ran three months long. Yeah. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Yeah, I know.
0: Right. I know. All right. So, anyways, that's the UCap playlist. Uh, as I wrote in the show notes yeah, here, be careful what you I'm, ask we're for. We're
1: missing some songs too. I mean, that, yeah. that, I, that
0: I would want to be on there. Well, you tell me some song. Maybe we'll go back to doing this. You know, well, on even on a jet plane. Twelve. 12- uh, you can't imagine that's not there.
1: It's not there. It's not. The
0: word "jet" only appears twice, and neither okay. one of
1: them. Uh, this the other one is "treetop flyer."
0: All right, well, that's a good one too. All right, well, you know, I mean, uh, it, it, I you know, I stopped doing this partly because of workload, but also because I I reached my threshold of fear about being sued for copyright infringement. right, right. Um, but since they there's, haven't there's, sued us in twelve, thirteen years now. Um, well, there's
2: there's fair comment and criticism used, and you can use snippets. Otherwise, no radio or TV show would ever be able to do movie or music
0: reviews. Well, good for you. I'll I'll, I'll refer the, the the lawyers to you, David, when yeah. they call. Yeah. Um, but they haven't called in thirteen years, so we could probably throw a few of these in um, at some point. But well, um, and leaving on a jet plane was John Denver's biggest hit. Yeah. So,
1: until his last
0: hit. Anyways. So that's follow up number one, uh, and then follow up number two uh, is we spoke at some length last episode, and I suspect we don't want to speak at it about it at too much length now. But um, the seven thirty seven Max um, issue, uh, and they're still grounded as as we speak on the morning of March twenty first. Mm-hmm. That's um, the Max eight. Yeah, Max eight, um, and um, but there's been been a little bit more um, news. Um, Or at least, I don't know, how would you characterize it? Uh, Because it's still not decided yet. But uh, some things have come up. And and I think it was Jeb who put on, no, Dave put on the list. Um, You wrote, when certification work misses a critical flaw. uh, Flawed analysis, failed oversight. Um, Yeah.
1: Uh, That that Seattle Times story is is a major uh, piece of work it, yeah. it really is and in in uh, what way what, what it, it's 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 in depth it's uh obviously reported over a long period of time um they did their research uh and i you know, i know i would tend to look to the seattle times um,
0: for inside news on boeing mm, oh, but of course yeah, what would you say are sort of the top level um of, you know uh, re- revelations from that story <sighs> um and David, you could jump in here as well. Yeah, um, um,
1: I, I would say two things that, that struck me. Uh, one is that um, Boeing was looking at what probably admittedly was a, uh, an internal deadline, an internal schedule, and did a lot of um, cajoling, pressuring f- to the FAA to speed up their review. Mm -hmm. um and that you know none of us ever wants to be rushed when we're doing detail oriented work and Mm -hmm. so that's that's one point the other point um is that um basically somehow let me put it that way somehow the parameters of this mcas um got adjusted somewhere along the way Mm -hmm. where the original implement or the original design of this software feature would have pitched the nose over like half a degree, right? And in the ultimate manifestation of this software, the the value became two point six degrees,
0: right? Effectively and, unlimited is what uh, I've read uh, well, it, it,
1: it I read. Some well, became it became unlimited because the MCAS, uh wasn't designed to trigger just once. It was designed to trigger repeatedly if it sensed whatever the hell it was sensing, and that's how we got to the one of the ways we got to the point of the damn thing keeps pushing the nose down.
0: Right, right. Um, yeah. Did you? Uh, so, a couple of stories I saw that I and I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you guys to tell me if I if this is significant. Um, but two interesting headlines I saw in this regard. One was, um, one, a couple stories referenced the, uh, the elevator jack screws, um, which, you know, first of all, is reminiscent of the 737 problem of way, way, way back when. No,
1: no, not, not jack screws. Um, um, 7-3 never really had a
0: problem with jack screws. You're talking about
1: MD-80s
0: that had a problem I with I thought I was talking screws. about the 737. But anyways... Um, But that's sort of minor. The bigger one that I saw that – so did you see the story that said that on the the Lion Air crash aircraft on its previous flight before the crash flight, um, the the report was that if not for the presence in the flight deck of a third pilot, that one might have crashed. Mm -hmm. Uh, It had that dramatic nose down. And they're crediting this this jump seat pilot with – I don't know, recognizing what was happening, or pushing the right switch, or something like that. Adding uh, muscle to the yoke. Well, mm-hmm. I, I saw a story that suggested that he disabled a system, um, and and that that it's cons- the only
2: it's the only way to stop that from happening is to disable the bloody uh, uh, right right flight control system, uh, the autopilot system, and yeah. uh, the the uh, software for this. Apparently, a let it uh respond to one sensor's input which wasn't meant to be it was supposed to to respond to uh, at least two agreeing with one another right and the other one is if a human on the flight deck reacted to this maneuvering characteristic augmentation system if one of the flight crew responded to it the bloody thing reset immediately and would repeat the process right really wow right Man, so you had it firing over and over again, and each time pushing the nose down another four degrees. Uh, and when the flight crews on uh, apparently both aircraft tried to get the uh, uh, the nose up, uh, they were unable to overcome the uh, MCAS system. And, and every autopilot I ever heard of had a uh, had a break point where if you pulled back hard enough, uh, uh, Clutch separated, or a shear pin broke, or something, so that the human had control of it again. And instead, right. this thing just fought him all the way to the ground. Yeah, yeah.
1: It almost makes you wonder if someone misplaced a decimal point
2: somewhere, or
1: or
0: did some other
1: math yeah, error or, I guess. or software error or something. right?
0: Well, software error, I think, is because one of the stories, I mean, and he, I think it was Jeb, you just alluded to this a second ago. Um, one of the stories I read seemed to describe a situation where in order to resolve some shortcoming of this MCAS system they kept upping the de- that, that degrees thing you were talking about earlier uh-huh. right that it, um, uh-huh. and they kept upping it and upping it and they ultimately upped it to the point where it solved the problem that they were immediately addressing all right but it then effectively made the system um un- uncontrollable um and so yeah it's a it's a it's you know it's a bug and i don't know who knows we'll we'll, we'll learn more but uh, uh this is just you know it's just beginning to beginning it's uh, to me it's beyond the point of realizing that it's a good thing they grounded these airplanes um it it sounds to me like these airplanes are way more are as dangerous as anybody ever imagined they are at least until they figure this out you don't think so you got an airplane that will pitch over beyond the control of anybody on the flight deck yep
1: yep um
0: you know, dangerous. And I'm just yeah. trying
1: to parse the word dangerous in this context, and yeah, I can, I can see that. Um, um, the flip side of which is that, um, and here's, here's where we're going to go uh, slightly uh, off track. Yeah. The flip side of that is crews who were trained in how to disable the system survived. Or it survived is is a strong mm-hmm. word too, in that crews who were trained to disable the system haven't had this problem. Uh Jim Fallows, uh at the Atlantic, who's as many of us know, is a pilot, um mm-hmm. Cirrus, yep. uh or at least part owner of a Cirrus, um he's done a series of, of, of vignettes for lack of a better word on this, uh on the web over the last several days, weeks. Uh and he's made the point forcefully and, and uh, perhaps correctly in my mind that on one level not all levels but on one level the problem here is one of uh, training and and uh, awareness of the aircraft systems uh, exactly 120 degrees uh, 180 degrees uh, opposite of uh, someone who recently said that, that airplanes are becoming too complicated um They're not becoming too complicated, but occasionally we forget to train pilots on how to deal with abnormals. This is certainly an abnormal. Um, And because Boeing, apparently, because Boeing didn't think that this was a critical system, didn't, uh, and because they were trying to make it a common type rating uh, across the 737 model fleet, um, they didn't go out of their way to point out the system and train pilots in how to disable it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: if they so, had, if they had, which gets back to the original, your original comment, Jack, about the Lion Air airframe on the previous day encountered a similar issue, and a jump seat pilot knew how to disable it. Well, how did he know that training? How, where did he get the training, and why did he get the training when these other guys didn't? That's a big question in my mind.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. That's a good, it's a good question, and hopefully we'll get an answer eventually. So, uh, I bet you we talk about this again in the future. I bet you we will talk about this again in the future. Yeah. So, moving on uh, to a very very sad story, yeah. um, and. Um, Those of you listeners who are regular readers of AVWeb um, uh, will have read the work of Mary Grady. Uh, Mary Grady, a long time, uh, I want to use the word fixture, but that kind of doesn't do her justice, but uh, Mm -hmm. um, um, a a long time member of the aviation journalism community. And uh, one of the very, very earliest folks at AvWeb and and beyond uh, recently passed away, um, apparently after a long illness. Um, And uh, I didn't know her very well. I crossed paths with her from time to time at various events and obviously read her stuff and had had nothing but a positive uh, impression of her. Um, But I know that you two guys knew her way better. and, And I would invite you to tell me a little bit about Mary Grady. Um.
1: I had the great pleasure of,
0: uh, of working uh, with Mary
1: um, for a number of years. Um, first of all, AvWeb got off the ground in like 95, 94, 95, just as this thing called the World Wide Web was just starting to kind of make an impact. And it was one of the first, if not the first, uh, aviation-specific Website that offered news and and a an email uh, service uh, for subscribers. Uh, at the time, it was you know uh, kind of the next the next great thing in in uh, aviation on the internet. Uh, Mary was one of the first. Uh, employees, one of the first reporters, writers uh, for AvWeb at the time. For whatever reasons, she was there about, she worked for AvWeb maybe six months, maybe more, um, and had to um, leave, uh, but then came back a couple of years later. Um, in the interim, I got involved with AvWeb, and um, before that smoke cleared, I was kind of running the store on a daily basis as executive editor. Um, Mary was uh, a delight to work with. She was professional. She was mostly knowledgeable. There were, you know, some arcane things that, uh, um, you know, instrument flying. She didn't get into, she was a private pilot for both airplanes and hot air balloons. Mm. Um, she, um, had a journalism background. Um, she had a lot of other outlets. If you've read the Rob report, um, for any length of time over the years. Um, Any general aviation coverage in there probably has her byline. Uh, And I'm sure there are other outlets. That's just one that I know of. Mm -hmm. Um, She's been in my airplane on on trips to Oshkosh. Uh, We, uh, uh, again, worked together uh, for several years, several Oshkoshes, several Sun and Funs, uh, several other uh, events of of that sort. Never had um, a crossword. Uh, was always professional um, and um, someone who you could count on to um, tell you the truth. You know, if, if there's no news in this press conference I just sent her off to, she would tell me that and it would go on to something else. If there was a problem that she saw, she would tell me that too. And uh, um, unfortunately, I, I, when I left AvWeb, I didn't get the chance to work with her directly any longer uh, that was 15, almost 20 years ago now. But um, always enjoyed reading her stuff. Uh, always uh, enjoyed seeing her at the various shows. Always, she always had something uh, uh, new and different to, to, to say and, and was just a pleasant person all the way around. Mm-hmm. Um, if she hadn't been at Avweb during those years, we would have had to invent her because uh, she mm-hmm. was one of our go-to people. And mm-hmm. uh I I for one will miss her professionally, uh, I will miss her personally, and uh I I think the uh um the area the 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 endeavor of aviation journal, at least general aviation journalism,
0: is poorer for her absence going yeah. forward. mm mm-hmm. Yeah. David, uh what, what was your your relationship, if you will, um with Mary? Well in the years
2: that I was uh, Mary and I overlapped at Abweb. I started working for Mike Bush on that in 95 uh, before I quit uh, my staff job. and and uh, I, I basically echo what uh, Jeb said. She was consummate pro. She was always pleasant. Uh, she always had a a good attitude about mm-hmm. it. And you always knew when we were uselessly sitting through something that wasn't going to go anywhere because you could look over her and briefly see a little eye roll there, but then it was back to poker face. <laughs> uh-huh. And, and exactly. uh, it, it, it's, it's Just a good human being. I mean, uh, she uh, contributed a lot to the aviation community outside AvWeb uh, yes. with her work and her flying. And, and it's sad that she's it's sad that she's gone so young
0: yeah yeah Yeah. so anyways um our thoughts and and prayers and 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 memories go out to her and and uh you know her body of work will live on and uh um that's something i guess anyways yeah mary grady uh what's next here yeah um i shuffled the list a little bit uh so I referenced a moment ago the uh, the Atlas Air crash, um, which is another uh, mis- mysterious. Is that a reasonable description? Um, Uncommon. Yeah. What was the aircraft involved here? Seven sixty seven three hundred. And this crashed on approach to I want to say Houston. Correct. Okay. Um, and it was cargo, so um, there was a, a fewer souls on board, but nevertheless, um, everyone on board died. All three. Yeah. Um, so uh, what what do we know about the circumstances of this? Um, can one of you describe the scenario? What happened here? Uh, did it just start? get into bad turbulence and lose well, control? Or yeah, is that what they're it's, thinking it's un, now? It's unclear.
1: Yeah. Um, it was a regularly scheduled flight from Miami to Houston. Um, pilot, co-pilot, jumpseater um they were in the descent in maneuvering around and or through some some moderate at least weather um, and um, the f- according to the NTSB and the NTSB has a uh, a news release out uh, dated March 5 um, that talks about um, what they've what they've picked up so far from the flight data recorder and the, and the cockpit voice recorder Their work is not finished with those two tools, but uh, um, basically the the flight had been vectored around um, and/or through some moderate weather. Uh, There were some um, uh, G force excursions. Uh, I want to I want to characterize them as slight. But it's not clear to me what the NTSB says or would consider to be a slight G-force excursion, um, presumably generated by turbulence. Um, Almost immediately after that, um, presumably while the aircraft was in instrument conditions, the uh, throttles were firewalled, uh, and the nose was pitched down. Yeah. Uh, con- uh, um, continuously, in the, in the sense of you, you 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 got your hand on the yoke and you slowly start pushing it forward until it won't go forward anymore. Right. Which ended up to be like a forty nine something like that degree nose down attitude, which no one, no one except you know Patty Wagstaff uh, will will uh, uh, allow the airplane to get into. Right. Um, the nose started coming up. Um, came up to about 20 degrees nose down by the time the aircraft impacted the uh, impact terrain. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's all that we know right now. There, right. there were a couple of, there's two different versions of this press release. Yeah. The first one, which I shared with you two guys, and yeah. so there's, there's, quote, a record, unquote, um, left the impression that the nose down. Pitch was commanded by movement of the yoke. Yes. A subsequent iteration of this press release removed that reference uh, and simply said that the um, uh, the aircraft had had pitched down. Didn't say whether it was because of yoke movement, autopilot action, or something else. Right. Okay. Kind of left that open.
0: Um. And there was also a difference in those two versions that had to do with the duration of something, as I recall. Right? One was the use the word immediate, and the other used the word eighteen seconds. Is what I, I'm not seeing. I don't have my notes in front of me. Yeah, That's I don't
1: have it. that. I don't have that in front of me right now either. The eighteen seconds, as I recall, uh, involves um, cockpit. Just, let me see. Let me see if I can find it. Put us on hold or something. Yeah. Okay. Go
0: ahead. Find it. Okay. Here um, it is.
1: Quote. This is quoting from the um, um, from, from which which NTSB press release, the current version, which would be the second version. Okay. Crew communications, consistent with a loss of control of the aircraft, began approximately 18 seconds prior to the end of the recording, the CVR okay. recording. Okay. Um, the flight data recorder um, has 350 different parameters recorded. Uh, and, um, um, apparently all the data is, is recovered. All of the, uh, the CVR quality is, is, um, uh, uh, not the, the NTSB characterizes it as poor. The, the audio quality is poor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what that means. Um, and, uh, we'll find out is the punchline. They yeah. have not released any of, uh any of this data there's not a, there's not a plat or oh, I should say a plot of the FDR um, um, parameters there's not a, a recording or a transcript of the uh, CBR yet right. available
0: right so the uh, yeah so what you ma- what you described a few minutes ago of uh, the control inputs of uh, full power and nose down of course suggests that they thought they were recovering from a stall that's correct at no point did the stick shaker activate
2: or but stall exactly,
0: but the, but there, yeah, but there are conflicting data. Yes, that makes you wonder. Well, wait a minute, were they in a stall or not? Well, I won't
1: say there's conflicting data. There's certainly conflicting information.
0: Well, as yeah, Con- I mean, it, it's conf- confusing. yeah it's,
1: it's confusing. Why did they cob on full power and push the nose down? Right. If you weren't trying to, if you weren't thinking you were recovering from a stall, yeah.
0: Um, and you know. Presumably and, that's in fact what happened. It's it's unclear. Right. And if they and if they held those control inputs all the way to forty nine what'd you say, forty nine degrees down. Ho- holy up! They they weren't getting any indication that they had recovered, you know, which I guess would suggest that they were seeing low airspeed. Um uh, well, it's uh, reminiscent of Air France, isn't it? Or is it? No. No, I mean, it, really. it rings those bells. It may not be the same situation. I'm just saying it's, you know. Well, there's. Oh, there's, no, no. There's, I'm sorry. Air France was the other way around. Air France, they held it nose up. Um, right. The and way they way were right. aggravating the stall. I'm right. sorry. You're absolutely right. My my mistake. Um,
2: there seems to be some suspicion, particularly among the pilot community, uh, the airline pilot community, that there was a physiological illusion created by the circumstances here the high-power uh, lateral acceleration. Uh, they called it somatographic illusion. Yeah? What's that? It, that's where lateral acceleration due to engine thrust creates the sen- sensation that one is tipping backward in one seat, and the effect is particularly strong when a plane is lightly loaded, as it would be at the end of a long flight when the fuel tanks are, are, are low. And conditions of poor visibility, which they obviously had. Uh, I mean, you can see the video of the crash, and it's not but about a second and a half between when they come out of the bottom of the clouds and when they hit the uh, bay. Uh, so this may be one of those instances, which, which similar to Air France, uh, that the inner ear and your vision are not agreeing with one another And what you're feeling is not what's happening.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I found that that email that I'd sent you all. Uh, Yeah. To me, the the nut paragraph, one of the nut paragraphs anyway, reads as follows. Also about this time, the FDR data indicated that some small vertical accelerations consistent with the airplane entering turbulence. Shortly thereafter, shortly after, when the airplane's indicated airspeed was steady, about a, 230 knots, the engines increased to maximum thrust, and yeah. the airplane pitch increased to about 4 degrees nose up, and then rapidly pitched nose down to about 49 degrees in response to column input. That's what was said in the original release. Right. Column input presumably being um, a pilot uh, uh, pushing the yoke yeah. forward. But then um, they kind
0: of walked that back later they on. They did walk that back.
1: Um, and I don't have um that particular release oh my, do i yeah i know i
0: mean suffice to say it's confusing it's
1: very confusing and some of this is you know just imprecise language on the part of ntsb and
0: right and And i uh, i I, kind of get that okay so you're not you're not you're not waving the conspiracy flag here this is kind of routine corrections to these preliminary reports (sighs) this is not a preliminary report this is or this is a press release Okay, so you read a lot more of these things than I do. Right. Um, And I just wonder whether it is kind of common or uncommon for them to have these kinds of corrections. It's, well,
1: again, again, we're talking about a press release. We're not talking about an accident report. Right. I would, I don't know what the exact statistics are. I would say maybe two final reports a year get edited slash changed. Um, Okay. On the part of the NTSB for whatever reasons. And those reasons could involve, um, you know, a typo. They could involve um, strong, consistent, well-informed and supported feedback from parties to the investigation who forcefully made the point that either part of the final report was in error or uh, material um, that uh, should be in the report or should not be in the report uh, was uh, um, a problem. Right. So I, there's, I, I, you know, I think of uh, you know two or three reports over the years that have been that have been amended after they were finalized. Um, and there's any number of reasons in in all of those cases for for those reports to be changed. Okay. All
2: right. David, and anything you want
0: to add to this? Because we should well, move
2: on here. Well, in reference to uh, the, the 18 seconds, it, the uh, release here is talking about the, uh, the uh, audition, that is the first play of the cockpit voice recorder. Mm-hmm. Uh, length of recording is approximately two hours and was obtained from a download of a solid-state type cockpit voice recorder. This is all fairly standard uh, NTSB language. But the last bullet point on here is crew communications consistent with a loss of control of the aircraft began approximately eighteen seconds prior to the end of the recording. Right. Right. So they weren't even out of the bottom of the clouds yet to see a right. horizon when uh, they realized that they were th- th- that they were in big trouble. Right. Uh, so the. Uh, and the flight data recorder, they've got uh, they've got that. There are 350 parameters to look at on that
0: FDR. Right. Uh, so we'll learn more as time goes on. and uh, we'll, we'll.
2: Yeah, and but corrections to press releases are just that. It's like, oh, that's not the word that I meant to use, and <laughs> let's update that. Or that actually is not what they're telling us from the field, so we need to change that. And I don't read anything into that except conscientious People tried to be as accurate as possible I would
1: agree uh ninety nine point four four one hundred percent of the time, except that um for one reason or another they put in the phrase in response to column input yeah uh into the into that paragraph about the f d r data and uh one of the parameters I'm sure is the the uh control column position um I think we'll all have to wait and see.
0: Yeah. Let's leave this on the table, and and, uh, when we learn more, we'll report more. So, anyways. Hi, this is Jack. We here at Uncontrolled Airspace are very grateful for the financial support we receive from our listeners. There are two simple ways that you can contribute to this podcast. You can make a one-time, non-repeating donation by using PayPal. It doesn't need to be very much. As little as $10 or $15 is a big, big help. Or, you can make an automatically repeating per-episode pledge with Patreon. With the online service Patreon.com, you can pledge as little as $1 per episode, put limits on your per-month contribution, and change or cancel your pledge at any time. For more information about how you can support this podcast in one of these ways, see the Uncontrolled Airspace homepage and the box in the right-hand column labeled Tip Jar. That will take you to a page with details on both these support methods. Thanks. So we got a message, I, I alluded to this last episode, um, we got a, a, a touching, kind of, to me anyways, heartbreaking message from a listener, Sean M. Um, uh, sent it to me by way of Twitter, and I forwarded it to you guys. Um, and I, was, I, and I, I confess, I will confess up front here that I was uncertain whether this was going to be a, a good thing to talk about on the podcast, because it's a very, very serious matter. Um, and so I shared it with you two offline and asked you what you thought. And you were both—at least my my sense of it—was that you were both um, um, unhesitant in saying, "Let's talk about this." So, so let's talk about this. Um, Sean <laughs> Sean M. Sean M. writes. Um, uh, he hijack. Huge fan of UCap for countless years. Love listening. That's very kind of you, Sean. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, he then writes. I, I I I was wondering if you had any advice. He writes. A close friend died Thursday night in a G.A. crash at uh, G.S.H., uh, uh, an airport near that he frequents or his friend frequences. He writes, um, it's my fourth funeral for G.A. in 10 years, Sean writes. He says, I have faith in my abilities and decision making. However, none of my friends said I'm going to go up and make a mistake. So how do you know when to hang up the headsets, Sean asks. Um, and uh, it's a, I, I find that to be a very difficult question and a very, very uh, – um, um, what do you guys think? I mean, you know, I i have all, as well – I haven't had four friends die in GA crashes. I've had one good friend die in a GA crash. i, I got to figure that you guys have had acquaintances or friends die in GA crashes. Too um, many. How do you – how do you process that? Uh, what do you do about that?
2: Oh, my. Yeah. Um. Man, that depends on the friend and the circumstances. Yeah. And uh, I, I knew a gentleman that was out to doing multi-engine training in an airplane that's it's, it's got a reputation for being dangerous with both engines turning, with <laughs> one engine with, with one engine turning it's unbelievable and uh, the FAA even requires special training for people that did uh, buy this and uh, a particular airplane uh, so he's out with the flight instructor in night in IMC and the instructor says okay let's try some engine out practice <laughs> I, I'm sorry in in stormy weather at night in IMC you're gonna you're going to feather one engine in this beast? They both died. And when I got the call that night, uh, it, you know, I, it, the, the, the student was uh, uh, in the medical community. He, he was an acquaintance of mine because we flew out of the same airport for a while. And I'm thinking, what in the hell is going through the mind of that instructor? Not, not the pilot. The pilot could have said, like, hell I am. Uh, not shutting this down. Uh, lost friends in hang gliding and and ultralight accidents, and and every time that we couldn't find something wrong with the the the, the machine, we kind of sit back and 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 had to analyze because the first thing that comes to mind is that that doesn't sound like him or her. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, The the, the subject, though, of when do you know that it's time. Uh, An old, old pilot buddy of mine, now deceased, hung up his headset 15 years before he passed. Uh, He donated his aircraft to a museum. Mm -hmm. And when I asked him what triggered it, he, he stopped and he cogitated for a couple of seconds. And he says, well, you know. It's really a combination of things, and I'm kind of like that old dog that knows when it's time to quit, so I quit. Well, that's not very helpful in trying to make an analytical decision. So if you want to be analytical about it, it's being honest with yourself. Are are, are you on the sly taking a med that you're not supposed to that has some uh, on-again, off-again side effects? That's a good time to think about quitting or taking a different med. Uh, you find yourself unable to pick out the runway end on a night arrival. That's a good time to consider not flying at night anymore instead of saying, well, I'll, I'll, I'll tough it out. I'll get through it. Uh, the uh, physical incapacit- incapacitations that we can suffer, a, a lot of them we can't predict. But if you're in the doctor's office a whole lot and there's issues with your physical acuity, your visual acuity, or your mental processing, that's a time to think about quitting. Uh, Or doing what some of my uh, older friends have done over the years and drag along a young pilot as a safety pilot when I'm uh, on trips. And I'm talking about guys that are in their late 80s and into their 90s who were still flying And were legal, but they recognized that there were times when things didn't exactly fire the way they did. The synapses were a little slow. And rather than giving up flying, they helped somebody else add hours to their logbook by bringing them along on trips. Uh, But if you peer deep down into your soul, look at the mirror and say, am I really fit to be flying now? You, you, you probably need to talk to somebody about quitting. Yeah, yeah Jeb, go ahead. A couple of thoughts. One, um,
1: the conversation about when to hang up your, your spurs is uh, certainly an important one, but it's also different from the one that we have when we lose a friend in a general aviation accident, uh, regardless mm-hmm. regardless of that individual's age. Uh, or I should say the, that that conversation is irrespective of age. Um, I've lost a couple of friends over the years. I had a, um, some acquaintances also uh, who, who, uh, who have been lost over the years in GA accidents. Um, thankfully, uh, that's been both rare and uh, not recent. So you know, with all that as a as kind of a preamble, um, there's a lot of I don't know what to how to describe. Uh, there's a lot of easy things that we sometimes think or say in those times, which is oh he or she was doing what she loved, or uh, um, um, and, and you know things like that. And yeah, that may be true, but I'm sure that they didn't really particularly enjoy the circumstances they were in at the last few moments. Mm-hmm. Um, anytime you're um, engaged in an activity like aviation, whether it be scuba diving, motorcycles, um, cross-country skiing, um, any, anything. Any, mm-hmm. Anytime you're not sitting at home uh, uh um, watching television or sleeping or, or something you're at risk um, the risk you are subject to changes from day to day and locale to locale and activity to activity um, general g- excuse me general aviation can be very safe uh it can also be very risky the uh the difference between those two extremes often is in the control of the pilot. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Uh, I would say more often than not, it's in the control of the pilot. One of the, you know, if you ask someone how they got to be, um, a pilot with so many hours and so many years of experience and perhaps without any accidents, incidents, enforcement, um, one of the answers probably has to be because I know when not to fly mm-hmm. and um, whether it's a matter of the pilot not feeling well enough to, to deal with something not feeling up to to the task of a four hour trip and thunderstorms and IMC uh, pick, pick your poison um, the wisest, safest decision is to not fly we don't do that quite enough in my book Mm
2: -hmm. but
1: more importantly um, the um, the loss of a fellow pilot or friend um, certainly is a an opportunity for introspection but it's also an opportunity to learn Um, and you know what happened why did it happen? What is it about this friend's composition, his or her makeup, that may have resulted in this this, uh, uh, this crash? Um, was there anything that could have been done? Could I have done something to maybe help prevent this? Uh, all of these questions run through our mind, and they're all good questions. We can't prevent them from happening. Um, but... Um, how we how we respond to these kinds of challenges is uh uh says you know a lot about us as individuals and a lot about the activity that we're engaged in mm-hmm. and i hope i hope our listeners never have to deal with that
0: yeah yeah so i i'm trying to and there's probably no way to sum this up there's no easy answer no rule of thumb no you know warning flag but but i, I guess maybe one of the thing i'm hearing from both of you is is you know there's a there's a thing that pilots like to say when they first get their their pilot their private um they say it's a license to learn um and and really maybe really embrace that fact all right that you need you not only Can never stop learning you need to never stop learning Mm -hmm. um and um if you have maybe if you have any doubt about if you if it crosses your mind that there's an issue that there's something um then that's the flag all right is and 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 that that training is so readily available to us you know in a lot of pursuits there's there's, there's initial training, and that's more or less it, and then you're kind of on your own. But with aviation, all right, you're not more than a few miles or a telephone call away from a CFI who will go fly with you, um, um, or even just a friend who's a, who's a similarly rated you know, pilot who will fly with you. And so I, I, I don't know. am, I, am I, Be proactive. Do not sit back and wonder if you are safe. Um, go out and get some more training just for starters that's what i would recommend i guess
2: oh and try to avoid rationalizing away something that you know you shouldn't uh-huh you know I, i'm going out flying today i just had i eye, my eyes dilated for an eye exam but i'm seeing okay now Ugh. yeah uh this particular accident that the uh that the uh listener uh, brought up uh goshen indiana way up north uh Piper Saratoga turbocharged, ten-year-old uh, airplane. Uh, nothing wrong with, nothing wrong with the uh, airplane. Uh, really, nothing wrong with the pilot, but he was out practicing instrument approaches. He was going to do an RNAV approach to runway mm-hmm. two seven at Goshen. Now, the guy had to be familiar with the high tension uh, electrical uh, wires going near there because that was his home field. Uh. And that kind of stuff is usually depicted as uh, something in the protected area of the approach plates. Uh, somehow or another, he got in the wrong spot at the wrong time, hit one of those high-tension wires. Mm-hmm. And the video from the airport shows a bright flash in the air, and then the airplane disappears, and then an explosion on the ground Uh Not brain surgery to say, okay, the guy got where he shouldn't be and contacted the uh, power line and the aircraft crashed, spun into the ground. The guy's name was uh, Neil. uh, Gee, was that a case of bad judgment? Uh, Was that a case of uh, thought he could see better than he could? Uh, I'm not suspicious that it was a case like the Delta uh, L L-10, ten or L ten eleven or D C ten crash in uh in Dallas about thirty years L-1011. ago. L ten eleven where the pilot was not medically qualified. He was taking antipsychotic medication on the sly, hiding it from his employers doctors, hiring it from his personal doctors using multiple doctors to get refills on a script that he was only supposed to take two weeks at a time and, and then drop for two weeks. That's a guy that should have been smart enough to retire or at least not to go up on something that it affects your judgment as severely as an antipsychotic can. We got nothing like that here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For everything we know, this guy's vision was working fine. His judgment was working fine. Uh just one of those damnable instances of made one one small mistake that turned into one
0: big problem. Yeah. So um yeah. Jeb, anything else you want to add to this?
1: Um no, not really. I okay. I uh,
0: you know, it's a it's a
1: perennial uh and difficult topic. Um um yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I I think I've said everything I need yeah, to say. Sean, thank you for uh, for your your question and for uh, uh 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 trusting us to try and say something intelligent and, about it. And and, and our,
2: sorry that we don't have a definitive answer because yeah. there is no definitive answer. Yet. Yeah.
0: But uh but uh our our hearts go out to you and we're sorry for your loss and uh, of your friend and uh, and your other friends. And uh you know, I don't know let us know whether you keep flying. I bet you do, quite frankly. But uh, um, but but let us know how you decide to address this thing. Um, I'd, I'd like to hear more. Yeah, anyways. I would too. Yeah. So, what's next? Shout outs. I think I think we're done, I man. We're, I'm tired yeah, yeah, that's, now. That's, that's, yeah, that's, <laughs> um, I'm tired now. What uh, what do we got here? I, I, I uh, sh- have
1: one. I won real quick. It's it's to the Associated Press. Okay. For um. It's long-term failure to understand the concept of the aerodynamic stall.
0: Yeah, I know. We oh, saw yeah. that. <laughs> yep. Uh, yep. It comes
1: to us courtesy of the Washington Post, <clears throat> which um, 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 ha- had a correction uh, published uh, in an article that they got from the Associated Press. And the lead, the lead graph here, um, it says it all says uh, in a story March 12 about a cargo plane crash in Texas the the Atlas Air we were talking about in a story March 12 about a cargo plane crash in Texas the associated press reported erroneously that a plane stick shaker signals an imminent engine stall yeah a stick shaker warns of an impending stall from a loss of aerodynamic lift from the wings yeah and a corrected version of the stories below, yada, yada, yada. My, my only point is that if the Associated Press, who's been around the block a couple of times, mm-hmm. and I'm sure this has come up before uh, in the Associated Press over, over its history, uh, can still get this kind of stuff wrong, then what hope do we have for the local fish wrapper? Um, and, uh, you know, thanks to the Post and, and the Associated Press, we know that we still have work to do.
0: Yep. Yep. So God bless the mainstream media. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Yeah. So and and and
1: I would just simply, you know, as an aside, nod, nod, wink, 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 wink. Uh, think of how badly they're going to butcher this Atlas Air story, and and already have butchered the seven thirty seven Max story. So
0: yeah, Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, anyways, um, let's see now. Uh, here's my my shout out is to remind people that so this is probably this is almost certainly I would dare say definitely the last episode before we go to Sun and Fun. Um, so yeah, the next episode yeah. that you hear in the stream will be something from um, Lakeland, Florida from us. Um, so uh, yeah, we're going to Sun and Fun. Sun and Fun's coming up in, uh, I believe it's about two-ish weeks from now I think. Um, and uh, as usual, uh, Uncontrolled Airspace will be at Sun and Fun. Two uh, full-blown episodes uh, uh, from, from the grounds uh, uh, by way of our friends at Sun and Fun Radio. Uh, one on Tuesday afternoon and one on Sunday morning. Um, both of those will um, n- not only appear in our regular podcast feed, but will be broadcast live on Sun and Fun Radio's uh, broadcast airwaves, and also on their internet stream. Is this a shout-out? Uh, it's sort of a shout out. This is I the place shout-out. I thought we were doing shout Okay, never mind. We are doing shout-outs. Let yes, me know yes. when that's done, because i got yes. a shout-out.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so... Uh, so this is, so Sun and Fun. Well, so here's the shout out part. All right, all right let me finish my thought. So two full episodes, <laughs> Tuesday and Sunday, um, as well as shorter daily episodes throughout the week. Uh, and uh, we will try and bring you the flavor of uh, this, my favorite uh, fly-in, the Sun and Fun fly-in from, from Lakeland. Um, the the shout out part of it, I guess, is to uh, a shout out to literally to our friends at Sun and Fun Radio who actually suffered a small calamity, uh, maybe bigger than small, but a calamity. Uh, recently when uh, their radio station building, and specifically, I guess, the uh, broadcast antenna, the transmitter antenna, uh, was struck by lightning and uh and the lightning protections uh were insufficient and as a result some of the equipment was damaged in the radio station and so uh uh, sun and fun radio is trying to raise a little bit of extra money this year in order to repair and or replace some of the stuff that got damaged by this lightning strike uh one of the ways they're doing that and you could always just make a donation if you want to send a check to sun and fun radio care i'm sure you know whatever sun and fun flying um it would find its way to them but they are also now uh, selling a cool little collectible. Make it out to,
1: to Jeb Burnside, and I'll make sure yeah, it gets right. in the
0: right hands. Don't do that. Don't do it that way. Do it. Do it some other way. Um, and uh, but they are doing a, a cool little collectible. Um, it's a little uh, 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 me, a polished metal uh, uh, propeller uh, blade. Um, collectible that uh, has uh, Sun and Fun uh, radio information uh, engraved on it and uh, it's just a, a cool little collectible and uh, buying one of these for $25 uh, will uh, help uh, uh, fund the uh, radio station which we all think is a is a great, great program and uh, certainly been a great fun friend to this podcast. Um, you can order these either for delivery by mail or for pickup at the Sun and Fun flying and uh, you can go to their, uh, uh, their uh, shopping cart webpage which is SNF Radio sunandfunradio.ecwid.com and uh, get more information about acquiring one of these cool little collectibles and supporting this really cool aviation program. And and if you want to just
2: send a check to help them with the equipment, uh, which is what I'm doing, make the check out to Sun and Fun, Inc. And on the subject line there at the bottom, put donation for Sun and Fun Radio. There you go. Specify that so that the money, when it comes into the Sun and Fun office, gets routed at the right place. You make it out to Sun and Fun, you get the tax deduction because it's a
0: 503C, whatever.
1: Or you can make it out to me, Jeb Burnside, and I'll make <laughs>
0: sure that it gets notice. All right. All right. All right. So, anyway, Sun and Fun. We'll see you in a couple of weeks from Sun and Fun. Uh, David, you said you had a shout-out? Well, yeah, I think it deserves mentioning that
2: uh, after uh, two years... <laughs> <laughs> we have a nominee to become administrator of the Federal Aviation Administration. Yeah. Dun 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 dun. Yeah, uh, the dun, name's dun, th- d- Steve Dixon, mm-hmm. who uh, used to be with uh, Delta Airlines. Uh, I, I'm, I'm really thrilled at this. Is
0: the uh, guy in the White House actually picked somebody with qualifications. I was wondering to hear what you said about that so that was my impression as well that this was a surprisingly reasonable choice well yeah he uh
2: <laughs> Dixon now, now. oversaw safety and operational performance of delta prior to his retirement last october he's also uh uh type rated in a Boeing five seven and six seven flew for the airlines uh years of experience in this business uh I uh, dismayed that I haven't heard anything about what kind of general aviation background he might have, if any. But that'll come up in the c- confirmation hearings, and then I can whine about it then.
0: Okay, all right. So I'm sorry. Say his name again. Steve Dixon. Steve Dixon. Okay. And he's
2: replacing Dan Ewell, who has been uh, serving as acting right. uh, since uh, the. Yeah, a lot. Some people made the mistake of thinking that. Uh, The last administrator left when the current president was inaugurated, but Congress made the FAA job a fixed five-year term some years ago. And so the last fellow served out his five years. Ewell took over as acting, uh, and now we have a uh, designee. So Mm -hmm. uh, fingers crossed. uh, Who knows, this time next year we may actually have a –
0: confirmed faa administrator this time next year holy moly all right maybe maybe anyways good deal good deal uh jeb any uh, thoughts on that or, or any other Just, shout out?
1: you know mr dixon uh, congratulations on your nomination dude have you really thought this thing through
0: <laughs> okay all right it's fork time for sure now <laughs> we're straying into dangerous territory uh i'm gonna i'm just gonna put a lit, lid on it right now and say thank you guys it's always a pleasure to uh, get together and chat with you uh let's see now, know uh, uh, uh jeb burnside jeb's a freelance aviation writer and editor serving as the editor-in-chief of aviation safety magazine jeb what are you working on Anything not fun?
1: a doggone thing
0: good for you yeah
1: yeah, it's uh, uh, all that having been said, I am gearing up to, to crank out the May issue of aviation safety. Uh, I'm also getting geared up to uh, head out to Palm Springs, as we talked about earlier, uh, mm, to yeah. attend the, gosh, I think it could be like 61st or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget which annual um, uh, meeting and convention of the uh, Aircraft Electronics Association. This one will be notable. In that we're having a, a change in uh, command, um, um, Paula Dirks, uh, mm-hmm. who has uh, been a long time uh, president of the association, is retiring at the end or at the, actually at the beginning of of uh, the coming show. Mike Williamson, longtime staffer, uh, heavily involved in their education efforts, which uh, are extremely good, uh, uh, will be the new president and. Uh, They'll have the, the, the changeover, if you will, um, during the show. Uh, looking forward to all that. Looking forward to being with some some of my good friends at AEA in, in their membership. Uh, and I look forward to uh, writing all that up for uh, uh, the Association's Magazine. Uh, mm-hmm. In the meantime, um, oh, let's see. Um, not doing a whole lot of other uh, outlet work, but you can find me... as. Obviously on Avweb, you can find me on AEA dot net. You can find me on um dot com. You can find me on GeneralAviationNews dot com, and um, uh, who knows, might even find me in the funny paper somewhere mm-hmm. on, on the on Twitter, Twitter on the Twitter
0: machine. Burnside J, you guys are very active on Twitter these days. That's why I keep always wanting to, to reinforce that, and uh, I'm so proud of you guys for finding Twitter eventually. Uh, great, Jeb. Thank you very much. Uh, and uh, Dave Dave Dave's an aviation photographer and aviation journalist and the U.S. editor for London's Ave buyer magazine. What have you been working on, David? Oh,
2: a whole lot of little stuff, a whole lot of big stuff. I'm trying to find the link to one of them right now. Uh, but the uh, the business aviation blog I have on uh, Ave buyer this week has already been posted. Uh, there'll be a link in the show notes. And uh, what I talk about is the uh efforts in Congress to uh protect the f a a s funding in the event of a shutdown and uh there's companion bills in uh both chambers now and uh should be a good to uh a, a good debate coming up on it so the idea is to use the existing funds coming into the airport and airways trust fund. Uh, to continue to fund the FAA uh, in the event of another shutdown so that we don't have things happen like... And it's work to fix a flaw in 737 MAX eight goes on hold for 35 days because of the partial shutdown. So right. we don't need that to happen again. Right. Uh, so. And one other thing that I'm kind of happy about, and that's my debut article in a magazine called elite traveler uh
0: that's it, right this is very cool it's uh
2: kind of a new gig for me I'm hoping to do more with them but it's a uh, uh magazine published out of uh, New York City and it uh is placed in charter jet and business jet cockpits or I mean cabins uh at business jet FBOs and uh The subject of the article, the headline says, Come Fly With Me, Top Jets for Great Escapes. And instead of looking at the same old, how you can use your jet for business, we said, here's ten places that you could go to with this jet to have fun. Burning Man, uh, Telluride, uh, the Super Bowl, things like that. and i'm going to send jack the link on it so that yeah
0: well you already did and we saw that yeah you you that's a very flattering picture of you david uh in the uh, in the authors or the the contributors page uh,
2: well thank you i'll pass that on to the photographer <laughs> yeah i know okay because
0: <laughs> <laughs> obviously it took incredible photographic skill to make you look good right is that what you're saying uh Okay, dig yourself out of this one, David. Go ahead. It it took waiting on sun
2: to come out that day. (laughs) The the commemorative Air Force folks here in uh, Wichita were nice enough to let me open up their hangar door with the help of one of their members and uh, put a camera on a tripod and take some shots of myself uh, in front of the uh, T-50 Bobcat that the hangar operates. Mm -hmm. And that was a dead cow, of course. Yep.
0: Yeah, so very cool. Uh, well, congratulations on that new uh, that new uh, 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 medium that you're going to be writing for. Uh, hopefully, uh, and, more. and they they were great
2: fun to work with. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I always have this little bit of, uh, of uncontrollable stress and tension when I'm working with a new client because mm-hmm. sometimes they can be uh, I don't want to say difficult, but difficult still the right word. Uh these folks were anything but. Uh so my hats off to them. Uh they were they approached me. They were wonderful to work with. They liked my ideas, encouraged me to
0: have fun and I basically made this up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they like you. They really like you. Yeah, Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. Um where can so uh, let's see now. You mentioned a few places where can people find your work on the internet? Uh www.avbuyer.com,
2: uh A-E-A dot net. Uh, You can find it here on Uncontrolled Airspace or check me out on the Twitter machine where I'm real Higdon. Mm
0: -hmm. And I'm on LinkedIn, too, as uh,
2: AirScribe.
0: Terrific. Great. Thank you very much. And I'm Jack Hodgson. I'm a private pilot, a freelance writer, and a digital media producer. Uh, uh, and, uh, similar to David, uh, I'm kind of working to clear the decks to, uh, to go to Sun and Fun. Um, I actually have to go to a week's worth of the day job prior to Sun and Fun. Um, and also drive to Florida in the meantime. I'm going to kind of drive down and hang out for a little bit during and after Sun and Fun. So, uh, just kind of trying to get some things done like that. Um, enjoying the onset of spring. Um, I've actually, I've actually started an exercise program. This is my spring, kind of get excited about, you know, it's going to be, uh, you know, bathing suit weather soon. So I've got to, like, get all buff so that I can. Uh, um, okay, then and, then stop, uh, so stop, stop, stop. I, so I've started a I don't have running, enough brain bleach for this. I've started a running and a, a biking program that uh, I have to be careful with this stuff. You know, not being as young as, as Jeb and Dave, um, I have to be <laughs> careful about, about uh, these exercise programs. You have but, to, e- uh, you have to I, ease into it i am enjoying uh getting out and being active and uh and uh, the nicer weather um i leave soon for florida and uh and uh and then uh hopefully by the time i get back from florida spring will really have taken hold uh in the meantime uh you can learn more about uh, some of the things that i'm working on and some of the things i'm involved with uh, uh at uh, various online locations most online places you can find me uh by the username jack hodgson that's my first and last name just bumped together for example uh, youtube.com slash jack hodgson twitter com slash jackhodgson and patreon.com slash Hodgson um, On Amazon, uh, you can find my ebooks by searching for Around the Field in the books section uh, and you can sign up for my email newsletter uh, at jackhodgson.com. David, was there something you were going to tell us? Well, someday Jack will be
2: old enough to appreciate the uh, wisdom of this uh, because he'll have discovered that time spent flying is not subtracted from your lifespan, which he ain't doing right now. And that's enough talking. Let's go flying. Don't forget pornhub.com slash
1: Jack Hodgson.
2: <laughs> I could be around low from the seven down. Don't pay taxes, I never find. Don't do business, they don't. Make me smile. And love my aeroplane, she got style. Tree top flyer. And we'll love a bones are And we're waking up.